Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for joining in. I don't know if this is your first episode or episode like 286, but if you've been listening for a long time, you know the purpose of this show is I like to talk to entrepreneurs about the cool things they're doing. I spent a long time working in corporate America with my ladder up against the wrong wall. And I know a lot of people can totally relate to that because they tell me all the time, that's the life that I'm living. And I admired people who were able to sort of spin out and find a way to sort of carve their own path in the world. And now for the last almost eight and a half years, that's exactly what I've been doing. And I'd love to say it's just been wine and roses the whole time. Uh, There was a lot of struggle in the beginning. Uh, Then it sort of reached a point where I was making what I made in corporate America. This year, I'm having the best year I've ever had. But you still get nervous. You say, ah, is it repeatable? Is it sustainable? And so talking about entrepreneurs, being around entrepreneurs and having people show you that, yeah, there's a path to doing this. I think it's important because if you're living alone in a vacuum, there's no way you're going to figure your way to move that ladder and put it against the wrong wall. So that's why almost three years ago, I created Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. I did it to inspire myself. I thought I was only going to do about 50 interviews, and now we're approaching episode number three. And it has been a great journey. I appreciate those of you who have been long-term listeners. And of course, I welcome all of you who are new. We're hitting record levels of downloads in the last couple months. And so we got to be doing something right because people are listening to the show and they're telling their friends about it. So if you like this episode, tell your friends. And what I try to do is talk like I'm sitting in a bar, having a beer, or maybe in a coffee shop, having a cup of coffee with someone. And we just talk about their path and how they got here. And today's guest is Shane Sams. Now, Shane is part of the dynamic duo behind FlippedLifestyle.com. Shane and his wife, Jocelyn, they're former school teachers. Now, for those of you who know school teachers, sometimes it's hard. They had years and years of bad bosses. They got laid off. They were frustrated. So they started an online business. That business has made it possible for them to quit their jobs. They spend more time with their family, and they are earning a lot of money through passive income online. And according to Shane, he only works like 10 or 15 hours a week. Now, I don't believe that because every entrepreneur I know always is thinking in their head and they're always working probably a little more than that. But it sounds good. And I know that he has that lifestyle freedom because that's sort of the title of his business even. Now, they're helping other families do the same thing by connecting with people through their Flipped Lifestyle podcast, their website, and inside their Flip Your Life community. Hey, here's today's guest, Shane Sams. Shane, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Hey, Tom. Thanks for having me, man. That was, that was a good intro. I feel pumped up now, man. I'm <laughs> jumping up and down. I'm ready to go. And, uh, and we need to talk about that hours thing. I think I might be able to prove to you that we're only putting in about 15 a week. I, I think I can talk you into it, man. It's well, possible. I'm going to tell you a secret. If I only put in 10 or 15, I'd be bored. I actually, my, 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 my hobby is my business. People ask me, what do you do for fun? It's like, I love doing my business. So, so if it works for you at 15, awesome. 
I I would work more if I could. Well, I, the, I don't the think trick is, it. you know, you know how it is when you're an entrepreneur. You st- you keep getting yourself into more and more stuff. So right. our online business takes about fifteen, ah. but then we started buying real estate, and that takes about five or ten more. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Shane, there's always something to. Stir you don't the pot. strike me as a guy sitting by the pool with a margarita by noon every day. <laughs> no, not at all. So so hey, t- I you know I kind of gave like a little blip about your business, but I think it's better these long bios or whatever. I actually yeah. think it's better when you tell us who's Shane and what do you do. Okay. Uh, a few years ago, you know, my wife, like your bio said, uh, my wife and I were teachers. We're, uh, we're just a couple of Kentucky kids uh, living in Southeast Kentucky. Oh, wait, got, wait, 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 wait. Then you wouldn't be drinking margaritas at noon. It'd You'd be, bourbon, be drinking bourbon. It'd be yeah. bourbon. There's yeah. little Woodfords or little makers. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, we're from Kentucky and, uh, you know, we were just kind of going about our life and, uh, you know, doing that, you know, good enough life that everybody does. The, you know, the American dream, right? That's what they tell you anyway. You know, two kids, two cars, two dogs, the job, the insurance, whatever. And, uh, man, we had, we had some really bad experiences. Uh, maybe we can touch on that a little later. And, you know, we got into online business, uh, discovered this whole world I didn't even know existed selling digital products, information products. And, uh, you know, my wife and I, we really leaned heavily on what we already knew. So we started an education company and uh, we cr- started creating lesson plans, digital downloads for teachers in various uh, subjects like social studies or elementary librarians and other things. And uh, that's what we, we did to start our online business. It really took off. We got uh, started making tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars, and uh, finally millions of dollars, you know, selling these digital downloads online. And uh, once that really took off, you know, you know how it is, man. Once people see a little success, uh, they first start asking you like, what are you doing over there? And then they start going, now, how do you do it? Right. And uh, after we figured out that the knowledge that we had acquired over a couple of years building this company uh, we started Flip Lifestyle to start helping other families do the same thing that we did. And that's build a lifestyle based around online business, based on location independence, where you can spend more time together, spend more time with your kids, and realistically, make more money than you ever probably thought was possible. So people who go into the line of being school teachers, I, I know a lot of them. And I think, so the other day, I have a guy who's going to be part of my my online coaching group, the Potential Mastermind Project. And we kind of had a one-on-one coaching session. And, you know, he sort of told me, you know, about his life. People don't really go into teaching thinking, yay, I'm an entrepreneur. I want to go do that. That's I mean, right. it's sort of the opposite. And But then he shared with me how little money he made. So I was a little embarrassed for, not him, because people do what they do. But I was embarrassed for our society by oh, how yeah. little money this guy with a master's degree who was teaching our kids was making. But he never thought. He didn't just didn't see a path. His parents didn't give him you know, sort of that path that, that you could do something different. His parents were teachers and that's what he went into. So did you always have an entrepreneurial bug or did that sort of surprise you one day? You know, I think that a part of my makeup is very entrepreneurial. And my dad actually was an independent insurance agent. So he was kind of entrepreneurial. You know, he worked yeah. with insurance companies, but yep. he did have his own office and his own thing and, and, kind and of I've interviewed, his own schedule. I've interviewed several people in the insurance business. They're entrepreneurs. Yeah. They're so, I mean, you know, they're entrepreneur. very entrepreneurial people. They got to do sales, right? Yep. And, but I, you know, I think that the place that we grew up, um, a very economically depressed place, uh, both my wife and I grew up in coal country where, you know, you were either a coal miner, you worked at a call center, or you were, you know, if you had a good job, that was being a teacher. I just right? can say that was the high, that was the yeah. high end. Yeah. I mean, that's just what you do around here. If you know, that's, that's how you, you can have a house and a car and you're okay. You can eat. Right. Uh, so that was kind of like the, the, the atmosphere or the environment that we grew up in. So, you know, when I went to college, I got a teaching degree. I knew it was a good, safe job. I could uh, get a good, safe job, put in my 30 years and retire and be okay. Right. 
and, um, you know, did a couple other things. But what really happened, man, we, I taught for nine years. I was in the education uh, business for a while and uh, just kind of cruising along, coaching football, teaching history. Uh, my wife was an elementary librarian and we were in the same school district. So that was kind of cool. Um, but we had some really bad experiences, man. I had a, I was a head football coach at a school district and the, the, the voters voted to consolidate the two high schools into one. So what happens when you have two football teams and you combine the schools into one is you only have one football team. So half the, half the football staff's getting laid off. Right. <laughs> um, so, so by, and that was the first moment that I really realized that I had traded a little bit of security to put my entire future, my entire life into somebody's hands. This wasn't even a boss firing me. This was the whim of the voters, right? Of, of a community that cost me my job. Yeah. And it wasn't like, Hey, you know, you're doing a bad job or this and that. No, it's, it's, it was we've just, got, we got two, room, we got right? two I mean, football coaches and one team. That's right, man. And they, they offered me like an assistant position, but the writing was on the wall that like the next year, a hundred teachers were going to get laid off. And I didn't live in this area. I wasn't from this area. So I thought, well, who's the first in line? Right. <laughs> yeah. So but I, I went and got another teaching job, got a good job by my hometown. And that was, that was cool, you know, cause it was a little bit closer to home. I felt like I was, uh, you know, I wasn't the good old boy at the other place, but I felt like I had a little bit of good old boy here. You know what I mean? Like I could a little more, it was a little more easier to get into the system. Um, but what happened was I, it was just really bad. I, I had a lot of bad bosses. It was a very corporate structure. And, um, what really drove us out the door was a situation that we had with my son, Isaac. He was three years old at the time. And like other hardworking American people, you know, we got to take our kids to daycare. Right. And, um, Isaac started getting more and more withdrawn. Um, he was getting more scared of weird things. Like he was terrified to go into bathrooms. Um, he was becoming fearful of the dark. He was becoming really um, anxious when we would try to drop him off at the daycare center. And, you know, as a parent, if, you know, you look back with 2020 hindsight, something was wrong. But in the moment, you're like, well, my kid doesn't like potty training. He's three years old. Of course, he's scared of the dark, right? Like you just, you kind of justify these things in your head to try to, you know, ignore the problem. Well, over a couple things that happened, we discovered that my son was being like brutally mistreated at this daycare center. They were locking him in, um, the bathroom for hours at a time in the dark. Uh, they were punishing other kids by embarrassing them. Like if they had potty accidents, uh, one child, they put in a diaper and stood him up on a table uh. and the, the workers made people, the other kids make fun of him. Okay. <laughs> and we had no clue because we went to this daycare center that we knew the owner. She had sold the company to new people. Uh. And so all these new people started slowly floating in and everything changed without us even knowing it in the background. So this all comes to a head one morning. I discover what's happened and I put all the puzzle pieces together and there was one worker there from the old regime and she was in another building in this facility. So this is 7 a.m. I'm, I'm, I'm the kind of guy that never missed work. Like I, I was loyal to the school. I, I knew I had a responsibility to be there and, you know, heck or high water, I wasn't going to miss work. So I took my son to this lady I trusted and I said, you hold him. He doesn't leave your sight. I had nowhere else to go. But I've got to get to school and tell them I need somebody in my classroom or I'm going to have 30 high school kids burning down the building without me in it, right? <laughs> so I go to school. I get my class checked in. I go next door to the teacher who's beside me. And I said, hey, could you watch my class for a minute? I've got an emergency and I've got to go handle it, a family emergency. I go down to my principal. He's not in, but there was an interim assistant principal at the time. So, you know, as a decent human being, you'd think somebody would help you in this situation. I, I went into her class or her office and I said, Told her what was going on. 
And I said, look, this is an emergency. I know I'm supposed to call in before 630 to get a sub, but I really need you to go watch my class or maybe until you can call in a sub to get here. And then I've got to go deal with this situation. My son is still in this place, even though he's with somebody I trust, I've got to get him out of there right now and deal with this. And she kind of calmly sat there and listened. And, and my boss here, my assistant principal looked up at me and said, no, Mr. Sams, I, uh, I don't have time to watch your class right now. Um, and I think that you're going to have to go back and take care of this after school. And I'm like, what are you talking about? That my son has gone through this horrible experience. And she cut me off and said, is your son in imminent danger? It sounds like you've got him with someone who keeps him safe. And, and I said, no, he is in imminent danger. I've got to go. I'm leaving. I don't care what you do. And uh, so I basically left school that day and went and got my son out of that situation. And I just remember, man, driving home so furious that I'd put myself into this situation where someone thought they had so much control in my life that they could dictate when I could be there for my children. And she actually kind of like rubbed it into the, some salt in the wound right before I, um, I left. I was like, my son needs me. And she said, well, your, your students need you too. And I need you to be here for work. <laughs> and, and once that happened, dude, I just went on the path of I'm finding a way to free myself from this indentured servitude I put myself into. And I'm never, ever going to be in a position where someone can tell me I can't be there for my children again. And uh, that's what led us down the path of trying to find um, something we could do as, an, as a business. Well, normally I ask people now, so what do you love about the life of an entrepreneur? But I think your story talked about it. I mean, I think yeah. that, that what led you to becoming an entrepreneur automatically says what you love about it. But, but what, what about your life then is better now? Oh yeah, man. Like we've taken total control of our life. Um, you know, we developed, uh, we've developed multiple online businesses that create passive income now. So we have freed ourselves from the financial reliance on other people. And, and, and what that gives you, it's not just the money. Like people always get caught up with spending money. Like you see these idiots in their commercials with them buying Lamborghinis or they walk in, I'm going to buy a Bentley in five minutes, whatever. Right. And like, that's not what it is, man. It, it, if you can create margin, and you can control, you know, you can meet your own needs through your own work that you control. You can be there for your kids. You can be there and build a better relationship with your spouse. Um, you can do things and help other people in ways that you just can't do when you're in that corporate ladder or that nine to five. Like one of the things that we do every morning, my wife and uh, myself always take both of my children to school. We all get up together. We all eat breakfast together. We get in the car together. We read a Bible story together on the way to school. And, uh, and we say goodbye. We kiss them. We hug them. 90% um, of every day of the school year, we are all together. And that would never have been possible because we worked at different schools. We went to different schools. We go and eat lunch with our kids after school. Would not have been possible if we were working in our old jobs. And it's just amazing never missing a sporting event, always being with your family. And that's why we do what we do is because it gives us the time freedom to invest in what really matters in this life. Well, so what advice do you have? Because I'm sure that your story resonates with so many people. I, I laugh because I had a boss who my wife was going to be out of town when I had one kid. I was working. She wanted me in Dallas for the day. And it happened to be my wife was a full-time mom. It just happened to be a fluke thing. She was going to be out of town. I said, I can't do that date. She goes, well, you have to be here. And I said, I can't, I can't. We you don't have, have to do anything. Right, we, didn't, I mean? we didn't have a lot of other options. And so she went out of her way, I mean, in a bad way, to like say, well, my assistant, my secretary, you can do a one day at her kid's daycare. Well, my kid was not keen to go into daycare. She wanted to be with me. 
Now she went, she was used to the one she went to, but dropping her at a strange location was going to be, it was just who she was. I mean, now she lives a thousand miles away. She's 20 years old. She travels the world without us. She's fine. But at two or whatever she was, yeah, she, different world. it was a different <laughs> right? world. And this, my boss had no kids and my boss made a really big deal that I had to be in Dallas. And I basically uh, said, no, I'm not coming. And she like went up the chain and the people up the chain were like, what are you doing? You person with no kids. You know, the guy has a one-time day. He can't travel. Move your – and it was an internal meeting. Move your meeting. So she ended up backing down, but I never forgot that. Now, it didn't cause me to go go leap, and it wasn't as horrific as what you went through. But there are other people who are listening who have been in similar positions sure. and where the person wasn't understanding of whatever they needed at that time. So I'm sure someone's listening going, oh, my God, Shane, you're talking about my life. So what advice do you have for people who want to make that transition? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that we've learned, you know, not only from our own journey, you know, we like building a lot of different companies ourselves and like through our Flip Your Life community, we've literally worked now with thousands of people over the last couple of years. And Joss and I always talk about this, like when people come in compared to the difference in the people that make it and did the difference in the people that don't. And the best advice that we always give to people is to ignore what the world has taught you about how security is actually found. Like you, it, you can go get a job and you can have a decent income and you can have insurance, but you're kind of at the mercy of one decision maker. And that's not how life has to be. The only person you really like need to be as a decision maker is yourself. And you have to decide to ignore what you've been taught and take action on what you actually want and keep doing it over and over and over again until you succeed. Like some people look at our story and they're like, wow, overnight success. I'm like, yeah, it took two years and about <laughs> and grinding as hard as we could to be an overnight success. It's not going to be easy. You just have to keep putting one foot in front of the other and baby steps will get you closer to your goal than not doing it at all. Like I, I think also too that like the best advice I can give people when you have a catalyst like we had, don't just accept that that's your lot in life. Like I didn't accept that, dang, I've got a mean boss dang, I'm just going to roll over and I'll go get reprimanded and I won't help my son. Like I did something about it. I said, screw this. I'm going to do something else until you do that. Until you just make that decision. It's never going to happen anyway. So that's the best advice we give everybody is don't listen to the world. Don't listen to the naysayers. And like, like just to take your job, for example, like, you know, this person was like, you have to be there. You have to miss. You have to miss. No, you don't. We all make choices every single day to do something or to not do something. We had a guy in our community just last week. He was going to take his kids to the eclipse. You know, the big eclipse that happened last week? Yeah, I, I, I noticed there was no sun. Yeah, oh, exactly. Right. And so he was going to take his kids. They planned this for a year and something happened at work and they told him the morning he was leaving, you can't go. So he reaches out to me and I'm like, and he's like, what do I do? And I'm like, well, I'm not going to tell you what to do straight up because it's only you and your life. You got to make the call but I'll be darned if I would let anybody tell me I couldn't go on a trip with my kids, a once in a lifetime event. And the dude left. <laughs> he just said, screw you guys. I put in the time I followed your plans and he thought he was going to get fired, but they didn't fire him, you know, but now he is so fired up and he is so dedicated to making his other things work that he, I have no doubt that guy's going to succeed because he succeed because he grabbed onto a catalyst. He's taking action and he's ignoring now all those lies that the world has told him his whole life to make it happen. So until you decide to do it, it's never going to happen. Don't look for magic pills. 
just make a decision and keep putting one foot in front of the other. Well, I heard a, st- a statistic the other day that 40% of Americans now work for themselves. Now, that doesn't mean families are fully supported by people who work for themselves, but 40% sure. of people, you may have a spouse who has the steady paycheck and insurance and all that, but 40% of people are working for themselves. And they say in the next decade, that's going to go up over 60% of people, which I'll be honest, that changes a lot of yep. of our world and our society. I mean, you just look, healthcare was all built around, you go to work for a company, they give you healthcare. Well, if 60% of the people aren't working for a company, you know, our government's screwed up because they're trying to redo it, but they're not redoing it the right way. They're, they're right. redoing it under old manners. So, you know, as you look at, you know, sort of, you know, what you're teaching people to do with your community, how do you think it changes the world as more people flip their lifestyle? You know, I think it's, it's weird, too, because like we live in a pocket of the world that is almost un, like not penetrated by by this lifestyle. Like people think we're weird, like they don't even know what we do. You know what I mean? And like, I think there's still a lot of places like that where people haven't figured out that they can kind of do things on their own. Um, like here in our and like in our place, like coal is crashing. Right. Which was the industry. It's just like the healthcare thing you're talking about. That's what supported our entire state. Right. And now people don't know what to do. They want to save the coal industry. They want to do this, they want to do that. And I'm like, turn on your internet. You can make money online. Right. So I think as people wake up to the fact that you are not geographically bound anymore, you don't have to find a job, uh, you know, in your factory or in your call center, or you don't even have to move to a big city anymore. If you want to live in your small town, I live in my hometown. Uh, we have a 30 acre uh, farm here and we, uh, you know, we, we live on a 10 acre lake and uh, we decided that we wanted to live here but we just figured out that we could do work and get customers all over the world. Once people realize that, it's gonna really change everything. I think it's gonna help society a lot. There's gonna be growing pains like with healthcare and things like that, but it's gonna eliminate brain drain from small communities. It's gonna allow people who do lose their job to re-educate themselves and stay in their local area and not have to relocate. And um, overall, it's going to be a really positive thing compared to the way we've done it in the past. Well, Shane, I live in Austin, Texas, and so we're a big city full of entrepreneurs. Well, well, but I mean, we're an we're one of like the five cities when you think of hotspots for entrepreneurs. I mean, Austin, Texas, you know, ranks right up there. And yet, there's still people. I have friends. I went to work for myself as a solopreneur. My wife runs an association, but she does it as a contractor, so she works for herself. And people think we're nuts. I mean, yeah, you know, we have a I lot do. of friends who are like, you both work for yourselves. How, how do you, how do you pay your mortgage? Well, we earn money. And- I, let, let me tell you a funny story about that. So when I was, when I, the, I now I'll never forget the day I walked, me and Jocelyn had planned to quit on the same day because small town, you know, if she quits one day and I quit the other, by the time, you know, it's my turn, the word would have got around the, the, the brush fire would have lit, you know what I mean? And everybody would have known and I wouldn't have been able to do it. So we went in the same day uh, to quit. And it was so crazy because that specific day, my principal wasn't there. So she quits and doesn't know I can't. I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? So I like called him at home and I said, hey, I need to meet with you in the morning. Can you come in before school at like 6.30? So here I called the principal. He's like, sure, I'll do that. Like, so he comes in at 6.30. He's you know, going to be there anyway. So I sit down and I hand him my letter of resignation in September. Now, I don't, I don't know about other industries, but nobody quits a teaching job in the middle of the year. No, you always no, do, it's always. A, it, it just doesn't happen. Well, because it, it, it means you can't come back. That's exactly right. You pre- Yeah, there's no Blackball way to do yourself. that. Right. You yeah, blackball it, yourself. So I hand him my letter of resignation and he's just stunned looking at it. And I'm kind of grinning, <laughs> right? Because I know what's going on. I know that our online businesses took off. From, you know, we had this with the month before we did this, we made more money in August of 2013 than we made teaching in the year before. Okay. So I knew, I knew everything was fine, but he's and, like, and what are you sadly, doing? 
that wasn't a huge that, amount. I mean, it was big, but it was big, but it wasn't a huge. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't nothing like now. You know what I mean? Uh, but he was like, oh, my gosh, like, how are you how are you going to make it? How are your kids going to eat? Right. And he's and he actually said this to me. And then like and then he goes, how long have you been teaching? And I go nine years. And he goes, oh, my gosh, you're going to give up all that retirement. Like you're going to quit now when you're when you're so far into it. And I said, yeah, man, but I've been in it nine years, but there's 18 and a half left. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to sit here for 18 and a half more years just because I did nine. It's time to cut my losses and go, brother. But it was just such a reflection of that mentality that, that we're taught in our society is, no, you have to go get a good job, not yeah. go create your own job. You got to go get a good job. You, the only way to be safe is to go to college and get this good job and let some corporation or hospital or somebody else take care of you and the more we do this and the more we see people like unplugging and becoming free through our community, we realize that is a lie that is told to us our entire life. And uh, it's even institutionalized in our schools. You know what I mean? Like that's what schools are designed to do is to make you a good worker be right. So, you know, we struggle with that. Should we even keep our kids in the school system because we don't want them right. to be tainted by that mentality? Yeah. But then you'd have to homeschool them and they'd be around all the time. Yeah, I'll hire a tutor. <laughs> I can do that. I'll hire a tutor. I'll hire, I'll hire a teacher too. You know I mean? Well, so, but, but it's interesting because what you say is so true. The teacher saying, how are you going to eat? I don't understand how you could do it without a teaching job. Why would it's you, why would man. you leave? But even in the sort of entrepreneurial world, even in this world of people who are doing what you do or I do, sometimes we, we make decisions based on our own life. I was talking to a guy who's a podcaster and has a really successful sort of business as a coach and his podcast and all the products he has. And he said, what do you do? I said, I'm a professional, I'm a, a professional keynote speaker and master of ceremonies. And he said, yeah, but how do you make your money to pay your mortgage? And, <laughs> right. and I said, I'm a professional speaker. And he goes, yeah, but nobody gets paid to speak. You go to these conferences and speak and you sell like your coaching in the back of the room. And I said, that, that is a model and a very good one. I go, but there's also associations and companies out there who pay people who are really good and have good content to yeah. come in and, and host their event or be the keynote speaker. And he goes, well, no, I mean, not unless you're famous. And he was arguing with me that you couldn't and you're earn. like dude i seriously do this how yeah. do you think i bought groceries last week yeah right? he, and, I mean, he, and he's he like doesn't but, know yeah he goes but you're supporting two kids he goes you got to make like at least one or two hundred thousand dollars you know a year and i'm like yeah okay, okay yeah and he was like just from speaking fees and i'm like pretty much yeah and so people whatever they've experienced he had been invited to speak at conferences where they didn't subsidize the speakers yeah, and sure. so he assumed all conferences were what he saw and that's been a huge wake up for me that I can't look at your business through my eyes because right. then I make I make all kinds of 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 decisions so Yeah and you got to set your own rules like that's another thing like that's another lie that society tells us is no you don't get to set the rules you go to the work and then a manager tells you what to do and then you move up the corporate ladder and this is how it works that's what the world tells us but like um, Jocelyn and I talk about this all the time. Like, like we literally, I, I'm a football coach. So I kind of use football analogies a lot, but like, I always view like entrepreneurship as like the football field or, or like, let's take industries and careers and models. Right. So like a football field is a hundred yards long. It's 53 and a third yards wide. You're allowed to have 11 players on the field. You're allowed, you got to have seven on the line, four off. Those are all the rules within the football field. Right. But what we've realized is, you know, but society teaches everyone that that's the only rules, right? But I, I tell you right now, you go up to Canada, their field's <laughs> longer, rules. it's wider, the goalposts in a different place. And if you start thinking about it, well, wait a minute, if they can change the rules, why can't I change the rules? What if I want my football field to be 200 yards long and 20 yards wide? 
and 12 people on the field. I can do that. And then I just have to work within the rules that I set. And that's what you've done with your speaking career. You chose a different set of rules. And the guy that does the back of the room stuff is in a different set of rules. Right. And our online business runs completely different than other people we know. Right. So it's, you know, entrepreneurs can make their own rules. Absolutely. Hey, Shane, I've got more questions for you. But first, I got to thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. They do all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Shane Sams. Hey, I work with Podfly and I have since episode number one. I got to tell you, they are the best vendor I work with regularly. They're just fabulous. They've been wonderful. They've been a great partner and they stepped up to be a sponsor of this show a long time ago. And I have sent them a ton of people who are happy Podfly clients for an exclusive offer to see what they're offering for the listeners of cool things entrepreneurs do visit podfly.net slash cool things. Hey, Shane. I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What is the coolest and most exciting thing you're doing with your business these days? You know, the biggest thing that we've done lately is um, we actually sold our original education company. Uh, We were able to do that. We got a seven-figure offer for it, and we just couldn't resist. So we let that go so that we could focus completely on Flip Lifestyle. Um, Flip Lifestyle kind of started as a passion product. Uh, uh, yeah, as a, pa- a passion project, like when we had uh, our success and everybody started looking at us and going, wait, how did you buy that new car? How did you go on that vacation? You're a teacher. You can't do those things, right? We started getting questions like, how are you making money? I heard you were making money online. And a friend of Jocelyn's named Lindsay asked her to help her start some online business stuff. Well, Jocelyn was able to actually help her, a stay-at-home mom, make $1,000 in a single month and then keep making money every single month uh, by creating digital products just like we had. And one day at church, a buddy of mine came up to me. uh, It was Lindsay's uh, husband. And he had kind of a tear in his eye. And he said, hey, man, I just want to let you know that that lesson that Jocelyn taught her, helping her getting that started changed our life. It, it It pays for our mortgage and it freed up enough money in my budget for me to go on and get my PhD. And it allows me to keep my little girl at home and be homeschooled. And that's what we really wanted to do. And I just wanted to thank you because it was unbelievably life-changing. So we leave church that day, we get in the car and as we're driving home and just thinking, I look over at Jocelyn, I said, you know, this thing we've figured out how to do, like we can't keep this to ourselves. Like look what we've done just for Lindsay and her and her family. Like what if we told everyone else how to do this? Um, and as a secondary thing, so many people were asking us how to do it. We thought, hey, let's put all of the information that we know in one place. That way we can send people there and they can learn how to do this too. So we started Flip Lifestyle. Uh, the podcast took off immediately. We got hundreds of reviews and thousands of downloads in the first month. And uh, man, we've been doing that ever since. And it's just become more and more and more the central part of everything we do. And that's what's got me most fired up is just helping other people you know, succeed like we did. We've got over 4,000 success stories wow. uh, already in the short time that we've had Flip Lifestyle going, people quitting their jobs, uh, making, you know, tons of money on the side and just everything you can imagine. And it's the most fulfilling thing that I've ever done in my life. So 
That's uh, awesome. lifestyle's got us most excited. That's awesome. It's like my, I have this like much smaller, not 4,000, but much smaller, just uh, online coaching group. And I, you know, I just have a handful of people in it, but it's one of the, my favorite things I do when somebody says, you know, your advice really helped me kind of see things differently. And yeah. so I, I fully get the fact that being able to help other people make even a small change is, yeah. is really an awesome thing. It's crazy. Like when you think of like everybody puts so much success on money. But the first time that someone ever sent us a message and said, Shane, Jocelyn, I just want to let you know, all the work's paid off and I'm quitting my job tomorrow. Or I'm going to, my, my wife is quitting her job. She's going to stay at home with the kids. Or, or even I just launched my membership and got 40 members the first day. I got 40 people paying me 25 bucks a month. Holy cow. <laughs> like, man, it's, it's better than us being successful. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. Hey, I love talking about all the stuff you've done and you've had an amazing journey that I know has really, really connected with some of the listeners of the show. So I really appreciate you being here. But, you know, I think entrepreneurs, I, I think entrepreneurs can talk about themselves a lot. I mean, let's face it, a lot of us could just go on and on. But the truth is, I think entrepreneurs are observers. So my favorite question, one of my two favorite questions I ask everybody who comes on the show is, who do you see out there that you admire where you think they're doing something cool? For sure. There's, there's two guys, uh, one guy who's just an absolute mentor, an absolute friend, and probably made the biggest difference in us kind of finding this world and making us successful. And that's Pat Flynn. Mm, of course, you know, he's actually I, been a guest on this show. Yeah. Pat's an amazing guy, man. We've become pretty good friends with him uh, over the years. And uh, I actually found Pat when he was on episode like 20 or 30, he was really early into his podcast. I didn't even know about online business, man. I was out cutting my grass one day, just mowing my lawn. And I got bored with my music and I said, I'm going to download some podcasts about business. This was after the uh, incident with my son. I was trying to find something to do. So I listened to an episode of Pat Flynn. He starts talking about his architecture exam that he, uh, this digital product that he created where he was charging people to email them a PDF. And I just hit the brakes, man. And that changed everything. So I actually flew to San Diego to meet Pat, um, uh, let him kind of run some ideas by him. I was emailing him back and forth all the time. This was when you could still get a hold of him, right? And uh, man, Pat was good to us. He uh, had us on his podcast, had us, uh, we've met him a couple times for dinner and man, Pat Flynn is the most real guy in the room. Like so many people out there are so scammy, but if you want to listen to anybody that is a legit dude, it's Pat Flynn. And uh, a guy that we're really getting into lately is uh, Russell Brunson. Um, I just love, the more advanced you get, you've got to really get into the nitty gritty of sales funnels and strategy. And I just don't think anybody out there is doing it like Russell Brunson and uh, ClickFunnels right now. So those are two of the guys that I think anybody that gets into entrepreneurship would not go wrong following. Hey, two great examples, Shane. Thank you. Hey, the last question I ask everybody is, what do you do to give back to the greater good? Because I think it's more than making money. I think we need to leave our mark behind. So what do you do? Yeah, I mean, we really focus a lot of our efforts on our church. You know, we're big tithers. We, we want to we wanna make sure that we're giving back all from the blessings that we've been dealt out uh, because we know it's not about us. It's about him and everything we get comes from Jesus. So that's a big thing we do to give back and also flip lifestyle, man. Like this has become our life's mission. We sold out our other company and uh, we're going all in on, you know, we're a real family who figured out how to do this stuff and we just want other real families to be able to do it too. So that's how we're giving back is helping real people working full-time jobs that are raising kids, time pressed parents, who don't have a lot of money to invest. We're trying to make online business education just affordable for them so they can make it happen too. No, I mean, that's a lot of people. I've been doing this show for three years. I hear from tons of people who listen to the show that they've got their ladder against the wrong wall. They're working hard. They're trying to make yep. it. And, you know, somebody's making decisions that are just undermining what they want to do with their family. So I think that what, what you're doing really resonates with a lot of people who are part of 
of the Cool Things audience. So Shane, if people need to find out about you, about your wife, Jocelyn, about Flipped Lifestyle, where do they go? How do they find you? Well, for your listeners, man, anybody that like wants to see exactly what we do, we've actually got this little six video pack for anybody that's thinking about starting an online business or getting into this entrepreneurship stuff. And uh, they can head over to fliplifestyle.com slash cool things. Awesome. And uh, we'll let anybody that wants to, they can opt in and they can get a, a copy of those videos. And we are at flipped LS on any social media like Twitter. Uh, reach out to us. Uh, I check our Twitter account. It's not automated and no, none of my VAs are doing it. So I will get back to you if you got any questions or anything like that. That's flipped LS for lifestyle, I assume. That's it. At, lifestyle wouldn't fit. I was two letters <laughs> short. So I had to go, I had to go flipped LS. Or, or it be lifestyle. Lifestyle. That's right, man. Come on. Give me two more letters, Twitter. That, nah, well, you know, Twitter's got its flaws. So <laughs> that's right. That's right. Hey, again, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. This has been a great conversation. I feel like we sat and had a cup of coffee and uh, I have a new friend in Shane Sam. So thank you for being part of the cool things entrepreneurs do family. Hey, Tom, I appreciate the opportunity. Hey, and I say it every show. Hey, we wouldn't have a show if it wasn't for those of you who listen. So thank you so much. Jump over to iTunes and leave a review because it just makes my day better when somebody says publicly, hey, I like this podcast and here's why. So jump over to, to iTunes and leave a review. You can follow us on the Facebook page for cool things entrepreneurs do. On Twitter, I was able to fit all the letters. We are at cool podcast. So you just jump over to at cool podcast and I have no VA. So I'm the only person who can check that. So uh, I am a true solopreneur. That's not true. I now have Ian, who uh, does some marketing and social media for me, but I don't let him control things. So I'm, I am there. Uh, I guess I'm not totally solo since I've hired Ian, but he is my uh, my future man. I've got a I've got a young guy who's helping me grow my business, and I'm really excited about him. But he is he has taken away that I am a pure solopreneur thing. So I'm a solopreneur plus Ian, but uh, he's only part time. So I'm mostly a solopreneur. Hey, uh, also if you want to join the Potential Mastermind Project. That's the online group coaching program where we talk about how do you get closer to your potential? We all struggle with this. We all think we can be doing more. I've surveyed over 300 people and over 70% say, yeah, I could be doing more with my career, with my life. And for a upload of reasons or up teen reasons, people are citing why they're not doing it. Some of them are good. Some of them might be BS, but we all have things that are holding us back. And this group is just a little bit of that accountability that we all need if we're going to be entrepreneurs. So if you jump over to potentialmastermind.com, you can sign up. What everybody tells me is it's too inexpensive. It's the greatest deal out there. Uh, then more people should be signing up if that's true. So go check it out at potentialmastermind.com. We're going to be back in a couple of days with another interview with somebody just as cool as Shane Sams. But in the meantime, I challenge you, go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.